You're listening to Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast, Episode 4. Today's show features an interview with Scott Sandlin, head coach of the two-time defending national champion Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs and Team USA at the 2020 IIHF World Junior Championship. Let's dig in. This is Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast with your host, Julie Robenheimer. Hey everyone, I was at the USHL Fall Classic in September, and for those that are unfamiliar with the league, it's designed as a scouting event to kick off the USHL season. Every team in the league, including the U18s from the National Team Development Program, played two games in one facility over the course of five days, making it a perfect opportunity for NHL scouts to come and see the players all at once and help sort out which ones they'd like to track throughout the year. There's also several youth tournaments for different age groups, which means not only is it a great event for NHL scouts, but also for NCAA coaches who come to recruit new talent while also getting some face time with the guys they've already committed who are playing in the USHL. That's how I had the opportunity to chat with Scott Sandlin, who is in his 20th season as the bench boss at Minnesota Duluth and was an assistant to Dean Blaze at North Dakota for six years before that. He's also the head coach of Team USA at the World Junior Championship for the second time in his career. The last time was in 2005, and he's been an assistant coach twice in between, first in 2012 and again last year when they won the silver medal. But what most people don't know is that he's also played at this tournament in 1984 and manned the blue line as the captain of Team USA. Fun fact for you, the offensive leader of that team was Alfie Turcott, the father of Alex Turcott, who was selected fifth overall by the LA Kings this past June and is expected to be a big-time offensive presence on this year's Team USA. Also on that 84 team was Tony Granato, the head coach of the University of Wisconsin, where Alex is currently a freshman. So when you hear that the hockey world is small, they're not kidding. But back to Sandlin. He finished a four-year career at North Dakota, was their captain his final two seasons before embarking on a six-year professional career with stops in Montreal and Philadelphia, and one game for his home state team, the Minnesota North Stars, in his final season. He stepped into coaching the very next year. In 2004, he earned the Spencer Penrose Award as College Hockey Coach of the Year and has won the national championship three times now, first in 2011 and again the past two seasons. We talked about a lot of different topics during our chat, including how college hockey has evolved over the years, the changing recruiting landscape, what he looks for in his players, how he builds his teams, the past two national championship runs, what it will take for UMD to go for a three-peat, some players to watch this year, how he intends to translate that into building Team USA and go after World Junior Gold, as well as his interest in coaching in the NHL after his interview with the Anaheim Ducks this summer. So let's get to it. Here's my chat with head coach of Minnesota Duluth and Team USA, Scott Sandlin. Let's first start with what you thought college hockey was like when you became a head coach many moons ago. Uh, well, it started back way before I was even a head coach as an assistant at North Dakota, going from pro hockey kind of year or two removed to watching college and trying to figure out who are the good players but uh, once you get out there and you start seeing the the leagues and the level of play you kind of you kind of get a gauge and, and obviously you know to, to have that opportunity to then become a head coach um, I think the, probably the hardest part is not being out as much as you were as an assistant to get a feel for everything so you got to rely on your staff but um, I knew college hockey was 
was great, and I think it's gotten even better, you know, over the years. And, and so I think that was probably the hardest part, just really identifying, because you're always looking for that perfect player, and, and that's probably not a good thing, because you need to still build a team, and you need to look at a lot of players. And, and when I started, my lists were very long, <laughs> and Dean Blaze told me to shorten it quickly. <laughs> you got to focus in, <laughs> dial it in. Yeah. So what would you say is the biggest challenge of being a college hockey head coach, especially with the way things have changed and, and the way it is now and how it's a really bona fide feeder system for the NHL? Yeah, it's changed. I mean, I, I think first first off, when you go from, I'm gonna go back to being an assistant to a head coach, I think you always think you're ready, but, and I think I was ready after six years as an assistant, but I wasn't really ready. You know, there's obviously a lot of things that head coaches do, whether it's administratively, obviously now the, the decisions you make, it's it's a little easier as an assistant because it doesn't quite fall on your shoulders. Um, so I think that was a little bit of an adjustment. Um, I think it has changed, you know, over the last you know 20 years for sure. Uh, social media has been a big a big part of, of, of changing kind of that whole environment of recruiting and in, in, in college hockey. I think the game itself has gotten better, um, and I think you have to be adaptable. I think that's the one thing that I found, you know. Maybe coming in, I was probably, you know, I think you still have your same philosophies and values, but I've learned over the years you've got to have some flexibility. And, you know, it's fun every year because every group's a little bit different. Um, but I think you just have to adapt, you know, and, and you have to be willing to do some of that stuff. Uh, hopefully it's for the good, but uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me that I've, I've probably become a little less... Um, I won't say structured, but a little more flexible in, in, in some of the things we do year in and year out. I often say that um, becoming a head coach, just in mm -hmm. my experience of interviewing mm -hmm. different guys, is like you said, mm -hmm. you think you're ready. I think it's mm -hmm. a lot like being a parent. You think you're ready to have a baby, and then there's just so much you learn on the fly. Yes. Is that like a fair comparison? That's a great comparison. I think it's so true. I mean, every year there's there's uh, there's different challenges, and, and certainly. Uh, you know, there's tough there's tough decisions sometimes. You don't you hope that they're always easy decisions, except for just who's playing and who's not. But there's always things that come up. I mean, we're 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 still coaching young young men. <clears throat> sometimes they make mistakes. Um, it's not on the ice. You know, it's but you're you know they're there to go to school. You want them to get an education, so you're trying to keep track of that. You know, you're trying to keep keep those guys on the right path, not just uh, from the hockey side of it, but just you know the life lessons too. So I think there's a lot of things that go into it. So that's why it's really critical to have. You know, a great staff, um, and certainly we have that at Duluth, and a lot of a lot of those people have been with me for a long time. So I think that's that's helped us too. So I think that environment that they're in and making sure everyone's on the same page um, is really critical. You mentioned social media as well, and I'm curious, just from a recruiting perspective, and um, you know. I'm assuming you have criteria, which we'll get to in a, mm -hmm. a minute, of what you want, not only in your players on the ice, but mm -hmm. off it as well. How important is, I, I'll kindly say, stalking them on social media to your recruitment process? Uh, well, I don't have any social media accounts, <laughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't deal with that. And you know what? I mean, obviously, you got to be careful. I think it's, it's, a, it's a great way to, to communicate still. That's how kids communicate now. And, that's why uh, Adam, my assistant, does a lot of a lot of that. But you know, obviously, there's rules. But uh, I, I just think there's so much. I always call it the noise. I mean, there's so much noise with that, and you know, kids read a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, and, and even as a coach, if you get caught up in some of that, 
noise, uh, you know, it could be a very big distraction. And, you know, that's why I've kind of just not really had any of that. But as far as dealing with the recruiting stuff, I think it's an important part of it as far as communication, um, just like, you know, our communication rules allow you to text and do those things now because that's how kids communicate. So I think it's an important part of it. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about the criteria. You've won three national mm -hmm. titles mm -hmm. in your soon to be 20 years mm -hmm. at Duluth and um, including two the past two years. So when you set out to build a team, what is it that you're looking for in your players? Well, number one, I think we try, we try to, to, to look for those kids that are certainly high character kids, probably a little more blue collar mentality. I mean, I think, uh, I think Duluth for me is and one of the things that really attracted me to the job is I always felt you could win there. I just felt, you know, it was still maybe not one of the monsters back then. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe still not now, even though we've won a few. Like I, I think that a little bit of that underdog role, I think, uh, is has been helpful and I think our guys um, you know kind of have sensed that a little bit and I've used that a little bit as motivation but uh, you know I think those are those are things that uh, are okay I'm okay with that but it's just you know character you know I think obviously you're trying to build a team you know it you need you need some some high-end players and we've gone through a lot of different stages of that because of where we've been at with our program you know as much as you try, maybe early on when we weren't having as much success, uh, those kids are harder to get. Now the doors are open a little bit more, but they're still hard to get. But you're still trying to build your team, um, you know, with some depth and balance and good character kids and a little more blue collar mentality and guys that, uh, you know, really, you know, want to buy into what we're doing and certainly want to live in Duluth. And, you know, um, I think those are those are things that are sometimes hard you know there's some kids that want want a little bigger brighter lights bigger city and you know we're not one of those we're we're kind of in the middle but we're okay with that and you know we've we've kind of found a little niche here and and got those kids that really want to play there and really want to do the things that we're asking them to do and and it's been a really good run here what about the trademarks of your teams and and kind of <clears throat> how they play consistently uh, I would probably say we've been pretty good defensively. Um, <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> um, you know, but, but again, I go, every year could be different. Sometimes you might have teams that have the ability to score more, some don't. Um, uh, to me, it always starts with having a good goalie, and we've really been fortunate the last, you know, probably my whole time there, we've had some pretty good goalies there, um, going back to like Alex Stalock. So um, starts there. I think every coach is going to say you need a good goalie. But I just think hard to play against. You know what? Um, really competitive teams. Um, I think probably the nicest comment I hear from guys is how hard, you know, our teams are to play against. And I think, to me, that's kind of how we want it to be. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your blue line, and and you mm -hmm. guys have been pumping out really good defensive talent. And mm -hmm. I'm curious if that is by design in the sense that you wanted to make sure that your mm -hmm. blue line was really strong and really deep, or if you just lucked into that. Well, for a while we had three defensemen on our staff, so <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, I, you know, I think it's obviously in today's game too, it's critical. You need, you need guys that are mobile and move the puck. And, you know, I thought, uh, you know, we've, we've had some really good defensemen over the years. I mean, obviously recently we've, we've had a really good core, uh, really talented core that's really come in from their freshman year and, have, you know, kind of reached new heights. And um, I, think, I think you're looking for those players, not just on the back end, but up front. But uh, 
you know, you're always hoping that those guys are going to come in and, and really be successful and develop. And, and then there's, there's times where it takes a little longer, but um, the group that we've had in there uh, and currently have minus Mikey Anderson uh, has really done an outstanding job as far as, you know, developing and playing, but, but we've allowed them that opportunity to do so. So I think it's helped them too. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember talking to you, I think it was right after you won um, this year, mm -hmm. and we were just talking about how unexpected both of these championships were mm -hmm. in their own different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, um, two years ago, it was supposed to be a rebuilding yeah. year. You had lost a lot of talent. You had a lot mm -hmm. of young players, mm -hmm. particularly on your blue line. I think five out of your six defensemen were freshmen, if yeah. I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, at the end of the year that we're playing. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just curious, as, as that season goes along, at what point, <clears throat> or maybe it starts at the beginning and, and it's just unexpected, but at what point do you think this team could do something? I mean, you even uh, squeaked into the national uh, yeah, it was, tournament uh, that year. It was a... Uh, you know, a little bit of a trying off season after 17-18 when we lost, because I thought that team with Iafalo and Toninato and Susi and those guys and Pionk, they were, it was a really good hockey team. And, you know, we knew we were going to lose some seniors. Plus, you know, we lost uh, those underclassmen. Obviously, we knew two right away in Pionk and Miska, and then Adam Johnson left in July. So it was like, whoa, you know, but we felt we had some good kids coming in. I Now, did I think we were going to win? No. I thought... Uh, we were going to build and get better during the year, and um, but those 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 young defensemen just came in and, and played great. And then we found a goalie in Hunter Shepard, and um, there were certainly some trying times and frustrations. And uh, but we had great leadership. Uh, Carson Kuhlman was outstanding. Parker McKay was outstanding, and I think those guys were really a key to that whole year and us getting better and and you know making guys believe that. You know, we could we could be a good team, but I felt that we were a couple years away just because of how young our back end was, and then we had you know a new goaltender, and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go, but uh, those guys really came together, and uh, you know, you saw at the end too how how important a guy like Carson Kuhlman was, you know, as a leader and a captain, and kind of taking the team on his back, and you know, not not I always use the word he wasn't going to be denied, and I thought he. He was a key part of that. Now, I'm also curious, because like I said, you guys mm -hmm. barely, skin of your teeth, made that <coughs> national tournament that year. And I'm curious if you watched that Notre Dame game, because they needed to lose in order for you guys to even make it. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I remember it pretty vividly. You know, we, we got, we lost both games. We lost to North Dakota. I mean, obviously they were trying to fight to get into, and we knew some things had to happen if we lost that game. and. The first two were didn't go our way, and we're on the bus going back. And I remember Brett Larson leaning over. He goes, "There's another scenario," and I'm like, "Well, what is it?" And he goes, "Well, this these six things have to happen." And, <laughs> and so up until that point, there was four, and then the fifth one came, and then Notre Dame was playing Ohio State, and we got back to the rink, and all our guys went in the locker room, and we're in my office, and we're watching the overtime and the end of the game, and. I still remember Notre Dame hitting a pipe early. I'm like, oh boy. And then they ended up winning. So uh, you could hear the guys yelling in the locker room. So it was really a tense moment like for our guys. And, um, and maybe it was the best thing that, that happened because you know, losing those two games, but having that kind of drama kind of maybe made our guys realize, wow, you know, you, we have a chance. Yeah, a little bit of a catalyst for you guys. Well, for sure. It was it was interesting. The bus was pretty quiet. I know guys <laughs> were checking scores and looking at their phones and trying to watch whatever was on. And um, 
it was a pretty quiet bus ride. Yeah, and then I just thought it was just so interesting too that you ended mm -hmm. up facing them in the national championship mm -hmm. game. You know, like they yeah. needed to to do you a favor, and then you just said thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a, they were a really good team. Um, I think uh, you know, like there is every year, but uh, they had a great year, and you know, for us to to thank them that way was okay with me, but uh, <laughs> um, but it was a great hockey game and our guys, you know, really played well. Yeah. Now this year, uh, you lost a little bit of the talent, but mm -hmm. you also had a good, strong blue line, mm -hmm. which obviously was the strength of the team the year before. Yeah. So I feel like you were in a better position this year in feeling that you could do that. And so yeah. how did things change this year in terms of going for back-to-back -back national championships. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the back end. I mean, that was a strength the year before. I think the last the last two years, it's been the strength of our team. But I thought, you know, just our fours, we felt we had with with, with Shep coming back and, you know, having done it and the, and the and the defenseman. Like this, this last year was the year I thought maybe we could make a run, right? Um, just because everyone's getting older. Uh, but I worried about complacency and you know, I thought the young guys, they all thought it was easy to win and oh, we, we can do this all the time and, uh, you know, just keeping guys in check. And I, I thought the most important thing we talked as as a staff with our captains and just, just not looking too far, not referring to the year before because it's a new year and just really trying to keep guys in a week-by-week -week type mentality. And I thought our guys, uh, especially Parker, our captain, did a good job with that. And um, But again, there were still moments where I'm like, I don't know, does this team have it? Uh, can they do it? Uh, I thought we had the pieces. Certainly, the like I said, it starts at goal. He's he's been outstanding for us for two years. But there were times I just thought guys were going to assume we're going to win hockey games. But um, when I got back from the World Juniors, I was hard on our team. Like I thought they were just a little bit too, you know, maybe loosey goosey at times. But what I realized at the end of the year was no matter what we did in practice, how they were, if they were quiet, if they were maybe not what I felt there every day. When it came game time, our room was really good and I give our leaders a lot of credit for that. What would you say was the big significant, uh, I don't wanna say a turning point, because you guys were near the top of the national leaderboard mm -hmm. throughout the season, but was there a point where you really thought that you could do this again? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think from day one, I think that was, you know, that was, in our guys' heads, you know, I think, uh, and I think having gone through it, you know, for some of them being in that final game two years in a row, I think they understood how hard it is to get there. And, and I think when you go through those experiences, I think that really helps because we were on the negative side in 17, 18 on the positive side. So we had guys that had experience going through that and I think that did help. So I think it kept our guys, you know, in a real good mindset and I th thought that again I'm going back to our leaders I thought Parker you know did a really good job you know keeping our guys focused and and understanding too and getting the guys to understand why we were a little bit harder on them mm -hmm. uh, as the year went on but I don't think there was one specific moment but I do remember getting swept by St. Cloud at the end of the year and that could have gone either way with us uh, but we walked out of there feeling like we should have won one or both games and so our guys didn't we didn't really we moved on we felt good about it and next thing you know we won the next eight mm. it's interesting because i don't know if you know but i went to umass so i was very excited for umass mm -hmm. to be in the mm -hmm. national championship game and 
I was obviously talking to um, Carvey after the game and he was like, you know, mm-hmm. we're sorry that we couldn't do it for you. I was like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Like never in my wildest dreams did I ever yeah. think that I would go to a Frozen Four and hear, let's go UMass from the stands. Like that is bananas to me. I said, ask me next year and I'll be disappointed. Right. But this year, it was a great year, yep. a great run. And then to run into you guys, I mean, you ran that national championship game mm-hmm. like your ideal scenario. Wouldn't you say like that was yeah. like textbook what you wanted yeah, out of your team? And I've said this to a lot of people. I said, whether we won, you know, won or lost that game, the way our guys played, as a coach, that's all you can ask, right? Mm-hmm. So I was really proud of our team for for really grabbing that moment and, and playing probably their best game of the year because that was one thing we talked about a lot during the year is, you know, we'd have a good Friday, not a good Saturday or vice versa. It just seemed like we were a bit inconsistent as far as putting strong efforts together over the course of 60 minutes. And it's, it's impossible to play perfect hockey every game, but there were so many good signs, but I just kept reminding those guys we haven't done it yet, and hopefully we can do it for one one game. And and I thought they they were ready, they were dialed in, they were focused, and they really wanted it. And you know, a lot of it started with our captain, as you saw how he played. So let's talk about this year. Is there a three-peat <laughs> possibility? Well, we got to two, so there is, right? <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? And we're not going to run from that. I mean, I think that's exciting. I think it's a good motivator for our guys and. Again, there's a different set of challenges, I think, this year with, uh, with that. I, I want guys to be excited about that. Um, you know, they know, you know, if they get to that point that it's a possibility, but they know how much work it's going to take to get there and how hard it is to get there again. But I think some of the challenges for me are keeping our, again, our guys in the, in the moment and in the now. And, you know, we've got some guys that could be moving on at the end of the year. So hopefully our year is going good and they're not thinking too far ahead. And I don't want our team to think, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna be there at the end of the year because there's a lot of work to do. So, uh, so that's, that's fun for a coach too and a coaching staff because we've gotta, we've gotta manage that and handle that and, and hopefully we can do that. But I think our guys understand and I think some of those guys came back for that reason to, to take a run at it. Now, a lot of guys uh, from last year's team have <coughs> moved on, like like mm-hmm. you mentioned, either through graduation or moving on to the pros. So who do you think is going to take that step and fill those voids, both in the locker room mm-hmm. and on the ice for you this year? Um, I mean, just leadership. I think we've got a lot of guys that have been around that are going to provide that. I think our leadership group has got to be a little bit deeper this year, and it's going to be... Um, you know, obviously Nikki Wolf and, and Hunter Shepard are co-captains. We're going to probably add a, a captain here next week. Um, plus, we'll have a leadership group that's maybe a little bit deeper than it's been. Uh, I think it's really important to have that, and we can always add guys. But I think there's a lot of guys in that room that are hungry. I think they're they're motivated to uh, you know to have good years, and I think there's a lot of guys that can provide you know leadership whether they're wearing a letter or not. And I think we had a little bit of that last year. I mean, you know, a guy like Mikey Anderson wasn't wearing a letter, but he's a leader, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, we had, we're gonna have the same thing this year, but I think those guys are gonna play a big part in keeping our team kind of focused. And mm-hmm. I think they're, they're, and they're all important parts of our team. So uh, it's gonna take a little group effort this year, I think. And what about your blue line? I know lots mm-hmm. of fans are mm-hmm. excited to, to see how, uh, Dylan Sandberg continues mm-hmm. this year, and Scott Prunovich, and 
um, you know, what what can we expect from from your ever popular blue line? Uh, hopefully, a lot of what you've seen, uh, you know, because they've really they've really done a good job. And like we said earlier, they've been the backbone of our team. So you know, there's those guys. Uh, Scotty, you know, was not healthy all year last year, but he still put together a pretty good year. So he's excited to get back and get to the level that I think he's going to get at. And to me, he's probably one of the best players in college hockey. Uh, you know, Dylan's continues to get better. We're very excited and fortunate that those guys decided to come back um, for another year at least and and be an integral part of our team. So I think you're going to see those guys elevate and step into, you know, that leadership role on our team and, and probably just continue to, to play the way they have. Hopefully they can reach another level and, um, you know, but there's guys like Louis Rail who I think has kept getting better, you know, Nikki Wolf, uh, you know, so those are kind of our four uh, that, you know, have played quite a bit. And Maddie Anderson, I'd throw in there too. So we got a, you know, a couple younger guys, uh, Hunter Lelig, Jake Rosenbaum, you know, guys like that that can that can fill in. So uh, Mikey's going to be a big loss, but um, it's really nice having those four or five guys back that have been through it. Who's the one freshman this year that we should be paying attention to? Uh, probably Quinn Olson. You know, I, I'm really excited about what I've seen out of him in our September skates. I think he's got a, for a young player, he's got a real, real good maturity about him. Um, so I think he's going to be an impact guy for us. I mean, there's going to be probably some ups and downs, but I really like what I've seen out of him so far. And then because you have been at Duluth for so long, I am curious, who is the one player that you've had that has really surprised you? Really was became oh. more than you might have anticipated there's probably been a lot of them um well, it's, you've been there a long time so i wouldn't uh, be surprised yeah. i remember going way back um you know just recently i think you know i mentioned louis rail and i think you know he's we got him really late in the summer and you know always kind of liked him in high school and he had a good year but he's just really come in and his his compete level and his work habits have really elevated. He's gotten better every year, and same thing I could probably say about Nicky Wolf. I mean, there's a lot of guys that thought Nicky, after watching him in junior hockey, uh, you know, can he play college hockey? And you know, now he's put together three pretty good years. He's he's a big, intimidating guy on the rink, and and his game has gotten better. So I won't say it's maybe surprised. I just, uh, you know, guys that have just, you know, maybe excelled. Um, to a higher level um, than maybe we expected. So the guys who have exemplified your underdog mentality. <laughs> yeah, that, a little bit. Yeah, like. yeah. You know, and uh, you know, there's probably there's probably more of them, but I mean, that's the fun part. Like, uh, you know, some guys are going to come in, and if you want to say surprise you, uh, you can say that. But you know, they just come in and really excel. Some take a little longer, and um, we've been fortunate. A lot of them have have gotten better. We've had players there that maybe haven't played the first year a lot, but have been key guys in years two, three, four, or years three and four. So I give those guys credit too for, for staying with it. You know, it, it's not easy sometimes when you're not playing, but um, I think we have a good environment and I think those guys like being around it. And it's not just about the winning part, but I think that's helped them too. So now let's talk uh, about World Juniors. You've been involved with the team as an assistant mm -hmm. many times before. Now you are the head coach. Mm -hmm. How is it different building a world junior team 
as it is to build a college hockey team? Well, I think the biggest thing is <clears throat> there's some similarities, obviously, in trying to get your team to come together, you know, quickly or early. I mean, I think you look at your own teams and trying to create their own identity and how, how quick they come together. And um, it's a little, little bit different over a longer period of time, but that's certainly a, obviously the biggest challenge. And you hear that a lot is trying to get those guys to, to really buy in for the two, three weeks and, and, and play you know, the hockey that we want to play. So um, you know, I think the other part of that is a little bit too assembling the team, you know, kind of how, again, it goes back to kind of your talent pool and what you have and how you can build it. And um, so those are all things to me that are, you know, things you look at going into it. You know, obviously this year we're going over to the big sheet of ice, not the NHL size. So, you know, those are all different factors. You know, you, you know, time change, you know, Europe, um, all those things. But, you know, I think the biggest part is that is, is, is getting guys to really come together. And when you're getting guys from all over and different leagues and you know a lot of different personalities uh you know that's our job to try and make sure that they you know they come together and i think you again it goes back to leaders right uh, we're gonna have some guys that are that are played that tournament and are going to be a key part of our leadership group that are hopefully going to help that how does it help you having been through this tournament before and and knowing what it takes and um how to help these players come together both on and off the ice because I feel like that's one of the biggest components is mm -hmm. making sure that these guys mm -hmm. are as much as a team on the ice as, as they are off it. Yeah, it's it's a big part. I mean, you know, you want them, you know, you got you to gotta try and find a way to, to do some team things. But, uh, you know, I, I really, I think for me, it, it's, it's fun again to do it again, you know, obviously with the staff that I have, you know, there's a lot of continuity, which sometimes there isn't, um, you know, sometimes that changes. Um, so it was really important to me to ask those guys to see if they wanted to do it again, because I really like the continuity part of it. Every, the staff is comfortable with, with what we're doing. Um, you know, they've been through the tournament, obviously Steve Miller's going on four in a row. So, um, but it's nice to have that and have guys that have also been through it uh, because you need that. It's no different than your own staff. You need a good support staff uh, to kind of work through those things and, you know, work with the players and, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to try and put uh, the best team that can, you know, come together quickly and, and play hockey the way we want them to play. I know there are a lot of question marks in terms of who may or may not be available, mm -hmm. but what can we expect from Team USA? At World Juniors this year, uh, hopefully another medal. <laughs> that's that's the goal. I mean, the standard's been set pretty high, and, and the guys know that. And uh, you know, the, the the good thing for us, we've got a lot of talent. Um, it might be a little bit different makeup of a team than we maybe had last year, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where some of those younger players are at Christmas um, now that they're playing college hockey. Um, Certainly we've got some guys playing major junior that had really good camps. So hopefully those guys can keep going. So it's, it's, it's a group that I think is going to have some skill. Um, obviously we want to play, you know, a fast game. I think you saw a little bit of that in Plymouth with, with our guys. And, but again, a team that's going to have to compete and play with grit and it's not just going to be all skill because, uh, that's a man's tournament. And some of those guys, uh, you know, are going to get a taste of that. But I think, 
the first half of the year is important for a lot of those guys to, to keep building their games and building confidence before they come. You mentioned the leaders on your team and many of which are veterans from mm -hmm. last year's team. You also mentioned Plymouth and the World Junior mm -hmm. Summer Showcase and I'm curious if you've already seen just in that 10 days mm -hmm. that you were there the disappointment, the hurt um, of coming up short last year and how they've used that to motivate them for this year's tournament? Uh, I think a little bit. I mean, I think we, we had a little video with maybe one caption of that, just, you know, showing that. But, you know, we were trying to celebrate what we've also done and try to get the guys excited about the standard that's been set. And, and yes, you fell short. So, you know, I don't want to always reference too much last year. Um, again, it's a new group and, you know, we've got to kind of that group's got to create its own identity too, but they they know, and you know I think that's an important part of this is how far we've come and the standard that's been set. And so to go in there and have that opportunity to play for a medal and get a medal is the goal. And uh, hopefully, it's the right color this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious about um, the makeup of this team. Mm -hmm. How hard is it for you in terms of, I don't want to say scouting, but like putting mm -hmm. your team together in your own mind, mm -hmm. putting the puzzle pieces together at this point with so many unknowns, like will Wallstrom mm -hmm. be available? Will Farabee be available? You know, you have these question marks of, mm -hmm. of who could potentially be on your team and, and where you might have to fill in some holes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always hard. You know, so again, it's, you know, having conversations with, with those organizations to see, you know, if those guys, even if they're not with the big clubs, are they going to be available? Um, so you have to, you know, again, our, again, the depth has to be probably a little bit deeper. You know, we got to probably look at more guys that could fill those spots. Um, you know, obviously we didn't have some guys at the camp um, because of injury, so we've got to get eyes on those guys and can they be maybe one of those guys that not only necessarily fills those roles but can make our team. So we've got work to do. Um, we're going to be meeting as a staff here and kind of going through that and just kind of talking about the roster makeup and get us all on the same page and then also you know getting guys out to to see those guys and getting feedback I, it'd be nice if i could go out and watch all those kids and or you know just to get my eyes on them but it's hard when when we're playing so but we've got we trust the people that are out there and we just it might be a little little more work here this year to get out and see a bigger number of guys especially mm -hmm. in the first half do you have an idea of what your team is like in your own mind? Some of it, <laughs> some of it, you know, um, you know, I think every year there's, uh, there's that, you know, there's, I won't say concerns, but you know, there's, there's probably some holes and, you know, hopefully some of the, that's why I say the first half is really important because those kids have to elevate and there's always going to be maybe some kids that are new or maybe didn't have a great summer camp. Um, that really excel. Uh, you know, look at last year. I mean, Tyler Madden was on our team. It seems every year there's guys who weren't even at the camp that make that team, and so that's why it's important for us to to see those guys and maybe some new guys too that you know can really help. But um, but I was really encouraged as the week went on there. I thought our guys got better. I thought they started to to really you know, buy into what we're trying to do. Um, I really liked our older guys. I thought they took, a, you know, especially the last game, we challenged them a little bit and I thought they really stepped up and played well. And 
you know, it was nice to win that last game and, and leave there on a good note to going into the summer and going into the tournament. You mentioned the guys that kind of come out of nowhere to, to make the team. They're always my favorite. Because they do, they just seem mm -hmm. to come out. Of, Tyler did not come out of nowhere because you saw what he was doing at Northeastern and it would have been a travesty if he didn't make the team. Mm -hmm. But there are other guys yeah. who often are on this team and you're like, where did he come from? Right. <laughs> How did he make this team? And um, you know, some of them are, are interesting because mm -hmm. they're not necessarily the offensive guys. They, they stand out, you yeah. see their numbers, you know them. Um, but it's usually the guys who do a lot of the dirty work, mm -hmm. a lot of the, the grunt work that often go unrecognized right. by their you know, regular teams, their regular season game, or regular season team, that really come in and contribute mm -hmm. in different ways. Because I think that's one of the biggest assets for any player on this team mm -hmm. is to be versatile mm -hmm. and be able to plug in wherever you need them. Absolutely, and I, th and I think that's what you try and certainly build it with. You know, guys that can move up and down your lineup can do different things. Um, you know, I think through the middle, you know, we've got some work, you know, to, to do as far as who's going to be where. Um, but I do think there's, with some of the guys right now, we've got some guys that can do a little bit of both, right? But, you know, I look at guys like last year, Noah Cates, you know, Noah could be our fourth line player, but he's fine with it. Or he could be on your first line, he could play on the power play penalty, he'll play a bunch of different positions. I think that's really important. I think that helped our team last year. We did have some versatility and we had guys like Sasha. Shemoveski that mm -hmm. played great for us, right? And, you know, played a lot of different roles, but played a key part in our team. And uh, I thought certainly when, when Jack went out, um, it challenged our depth a little bit, but I thought some guys really stepped up. And so, you know, those things happen. It's an opportunity for guys to, 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 to step in and, and do their part. And that's what we're gonna try and build to. So there's there's, Again, going back to that depth, right? You got to have the right depth and a little bit of versatility. What would you like the trademark of Team USA to be this year? And is it any different than what you want at Duluth? Uh, no, it isn't. You know, I think, I think, you know, just and even being with the staff, I mean, I think uh, we all have that kind of that same mentality. So I think it's it's going to be obviously a team that's, uh, you know, going to compete. You know, it's going to have grit, but it's going to have you know uh, enough skill. But I think it's going to be a, a team that really cares about each other. They have to. Um, I think it's really important, you know, to. But it go, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier: how quickly they can come together, you know, because um, it can't be a tournament about individuals. You're not going to win. So we've got to make sure those guys are playing hard for each other. You know, are willing to accept some of the, the roles they may be given. And uh, if we do that, then I think we have a chance to have a lot of success. Last question about World Juniors. You mentioned the standard of success that mm -hmm. is there now for USA Hockey. How, as a coach, do you embrace that and you yourself and then also helping your team rise to that challenge? Well, you know, I think, you know, you look at, you know, a lot of those kids, uh, you know, that were there, you know, have been through the program and, and they've had a lot of success. Um, they've played against a lot of those those players, so um, that's helpful, you know. I mean, I can go back to the 80s, we never had any of that, and it was like, oh my God, we got to play the Russians and Canada and all that stuff. The kids aren't, the kids aren't intimidated by that anymore. Um, so I think that, you know, that helps too. And, you know, I think having a little bit of that pressure of those expectations is good. Um, because I don't think you'd want it any other way. And, and I think our guys that have been through, uh, you know, where they're playing, I think 
you know, they've had success too, so I think that's going to help. But, you know, it's, it's a different tournament. You know, it's a, it's a grind, and, you know, we've got to manage that. But I think our guys are ready for that. And, and that's, like I said, one of the, thing, the takeaways from coming out of Plymouth was, you know, making sure guys understand those the standards and, and, the, and the goals, and I think our guys did. Now, I'd be really bad at my job if I didn't ask you this question mm -hmm. to wrap things up. You had an interview mm -hmm. this summer with an NHL team. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious as to um, what that was like for you to have an opportunity like mm -hmm. that. And um, obviously, soon after that, you re-upped mm -hmm. with Minnesota Duluth. So I'm just curious about kind of what potentially about the pros mm. entices you and why you're excited to continue on at, at Minnesota Dallas? Um Well, I wasn't out really looking. You know, I think I said that a number of times. Like, if, if somebody calls me, I'm certainly going to listen. It's the highest level of hockey, and it's, and it's certainly something that I think everybody strives for, whether you're a player or a coach. Now, not everybody does, but uh, certainly it was, you know, exciting for me to get a phone call. Um, a little nerve-wracking because I didn't I've never really done one and going in there uh, didn't really know what to expect talked to a few people um, didn't want to go in too under under prepared per se but I kind of just went in and you know we talked hockey and I thought uh, Bob Murray and the, you know Dave Notice and Todd Marchand were part of the interview I thought made it very comfortable and I thought it was a good experience for me and um, got some feedback from them too if I was fortunate down the road to go through another one so uh, all in all it was good and as far as the contract uh, obviously we've been working on that for a while but uh, the, the timing looked like uh, <laughs> you know uh, a little little off there but uh, very excited to stay there um, love love where I'm at I mean obviously got a great great situation and um, not looking to move anywhere uh, just yet, but again, if those opportunities come, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen. I loved having the chance to chat with Scott, hear his perspective, and pick his brain a little bit. And I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. The Bulldogs have had an inconsistent first half of the season, but they're nine six and one, and are currently 13th in the pairwise. As for Team USA, they're in a pretty tough group that also includes Canada, Russia, Czech Republic, and Germany. But they're looking for their fifth consecutive medal at this event. And as Coach Sandlin said, they're hoping it's the right color after last year's disappointment in the championship game. That does it for this episode of Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a rating and a review. Share it with your friends so that more people can tune in and enjoy it as well. If you love the show and all the content that I provide across all platforms, please consider becoming a patron. You can visit my website, julierobenheimer.com, for more information about that. And if you have questions or comments or just want to say hi, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay humble and be awesome. Until next time. This is the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the show and can't wait for the next one, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the show to help more listeners find it. And go to julierobenheimer.com for more.